Hello, hello. Welcome to Ask Floss. Questions, dilemmas, shitty advice, maybe advice that's helped you. I hope so. Thank you so much for being here anyway. You've been my absolute faves. I'm having a blast and I hope that you enjoy listening to these two. We've got loads to get through today. So let's get started with your first question. Okay, question number one. How are you? I'm good. I've got a bit of a headache at the moment. I'm quite poorly, actually. I have a bit of a cold, a bit of a cough, but it gets better throughout the day. I've also just finished my driving lesson where I tried bay parking. It's actually a refresher lesson, so I already have my driver's license, but I'm trying to learn how to do it again. And I was parking into a bay in Tesco, and then my driving instructor said, okay, I'm just going to go to the toilet, which is my favorite part of the lesson because I'm not actually driving and I don't have to worry about being scared on the roads. So she goes to the toilet and she's gone for about 15 minutes. And I'm like, oh my God, what's happened? Has she gone for a poo because she's taking so long? And then the time goes by and I'm like, imagine if my gal has gone and done her fucking weekly shop. No, that would never happen. Surely not. Surely not. She comes back. I can see her in my rearview mirror and she's got three full bags of shopping in my driver's lesson and put them into the boot, gets into the car without saying a word and says, right, when you're ready, can you please move off? So that was my last driving lesson with her. Um, so that's what just happened to me. And now I've come into the studio to do my Ask Floss questions. Okay, on to the next question. Songs to get you out of bed on these cold, depressing mornings. I've been listening to Mini Rifferton in the mornings. Um, oh, I love it. And also the song Love and You has birds at the beginning. I'd very much like that to be my alarm clock for the mornings, but I don't know how to do that on my phone. It's really annoying. Okay, on to the next question. How do you like your coffee? Black if it's hot. Oat latte if it's iced. Or or, or also an iced Americano. I like that as well. Okay, on to the next question. Hey, sweet. I wanted to ask as it's something I've always struggled with when it comes to being 100% me. I'm queer as fuck and I love everyone regardless of their gender. Yes. But no matter what, I can't seem to stay away from shitty men just for the male validation. How can I begin to overcome this? I love you and everything you do. Kiss, kiss, Macy. Thanks, Macy. Thanks for sending in your question. Love you too. How to stay away from shitty men just for the male validation? You're going to have to wean yourself off it. It's not going to be like a hard cold turkey situation. You're going to go back. You're going to reply to the Instagram DMs. You're going to start texting people that you were once with um, just because it feels good to be desired. Particularly when you do raise your standards, you will go through periods of drought. And it's not a sign that, you know, it isn't working and that you have to lower your standards because that's where you belong in the gutter it's just because actually a lot of men don't match those standards and I think it's getting used to those periods of your phone being really dry and knowing that it's nothing to do with you and everything to do with you raising your standards so please do expect periods of drought when you are raising your standards when it comes to men okay on to the next question sorry my voice is a bit coldy and sniffly because I have a cold part one I've been with my girlfriend for four years. I have this really unhealthy obsession with her ex-girlfriend in the sense that I compare myself 24-7. I always want to know what she's up to and I cannot help but think my girlfriend will eventually leave me for her. Brackets again. Ooh, what? Did your girlfriend leave you for her once before? Okay. 
I'm going to finish off the question. It's driving me insane. Sometimes I feel like I'm over it and I'm past it. Other times in my darker times, it's all I can think about. I dream about it. I think about it. And when I speak about it, as you can imagine, it causes so much shit. I just don't know how to resolve my ill feelings and train my brain to think differently. I've had therapy, though I'm still in the same predicament. And then one of the producers on my show asked for more context. Beautiful. And here we go. Part two. So basically, me and my girlfriend have known each other for years since high school. There's always been chemistry, sexual, romantic, whatever. But it was just the wrong time because I had a boyfriend. My desire for her grew stronger over a couple of years, so I ended things with my boyfriend. But at this time, she was getting into a new relationship. I was quite a sensitive subject in their relationship. I think because maybe her girlfriend at the time knew of her lust for me. They were together for about two more years and then they split up. She came and surprised me at uni shortly after the split and we kind of started seeing each other. Later on, it came to light that she was still seeing her ex behind my back. Oh, and me behind her ex's back. When it became of knowledge, she went went back to her ex and we had no contact for the rest of the year. They split again towards the end of the year and then she came back where we rekindled our relationship and have been together now for four years. But as previously stated, I have these wild insecurities about her leaving me again and comparing myself if I see her out. I get a bellyache and my heart sinks because all I think is, oh my God, she's so pretty. Oh my God, my girlfriend is going to miss her and want her back. It's just a bit naff, really. This should be a novel. Oh my God. But the funny thing is, is that I think this kind of X thing happens a lot with queer women. And I'm so sorry. My first impression when I hear this story is not that this is some wild insecurity, but you're with someone who did betray you. And that's a wound that you'll have to both work on together. I don't think that you should be taking, in my personal opinion, again, unprofessional, not a relationship expert, but I don't think that's something that you should have to be working on yourself. You shouldn't have to be taking the onus of that because there was a betrayal there. This isn't something that's in your head. And it sounds like it was, she she went back a few times. So yeah, I, God, this is so, this is so long and complicated. I would try to talk to your girlfriend and raise it as an issue for you both if you want the relationship to be healthy. I personally don't think that this is something you need to get into the therapist's office about and it just be your thing. I think it's something that you both need to work on together. I'm assuming that this person is head over heels in love with you too and the pair of you are in a healthy relationship and this was a one-off thing in your adolescence four years ago in high school and that people can change and people can move on let's say assume that that's the situation you do want to be with her still I would definitely view this as something to work on together and if your girlfriend is making it out like it's a you problem and then it's in your head and you just need to get over it ask yourself if you can ever get over that betrayal if you will ever be able to let go of what she did to you You've said that you've tried to vocalise it and that it causes shit. I'm sorry that that's the case because I would like to know that anytime I brought something to someone, it would either uh, hopefully get resolved or be understood. Perhaps on your girlfriend's side, she's frustrated with the same issue coming up over and over again after reassuring you lots and lots of times. Perhaps perhaps it's not reassurance that you need. Perhaps this isn't something that you can ever overlook. And it's something that you need to ask yourself if you can ever accept or if this is going to be 
uh, forever and ever because of the betrayal. I'm going to wish you the best of luck with this. Um, and I really hope that your girlfriend is supporting you and is listening to you and that you're not being shut down every single time you bring this up. This is a really tricky situation. But take away from this, I don't think this is something that you need to work on just by yourself. I think your girlfriend also needs to take responsibility for what she did. And hopefully that's a position that she's willing to put herself in. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girly? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Okay, on to the next question. How do I help my friend to see she keeps falling for toxic and manipulative men? It's exhausting. I would say she probably doesn't even not know that she's doing it. A lot of the times women do know. Sometimes sometimes women will even wear it as a badge of honour. You know, like, oh, I always date toxic men. I date toxic men. I love toxic men. Toxic men are the hottest. But there's no real incentive for change because it's like an addictive, an emotionally addictive loop that people can get stuck in. You can tell your friends, you can hold the mirror up to them and you can intervene if it's getting really bad and it's becoming very damaging to them. I've had Dr. Romani as a guest expert on the show before and she says that the best thing is to point out your friend's behavior and not point out um, instead the abusive or manipulative boyfriend because your friend will likely then be put in a position of defending him and you don't want your friend to start defending the actions of the person so you might want to talk to your friend about how she's changing or you wish you would see her do more of the things she loves blah 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 that's often a really good way to call out the behavior or if you see the guy doing things to tell your friend that you do see it and to point it out when you do see it it can often be a really good reality check for someone to see that they're not the only person going through something. I think I could have done with that in my relationship four years ago. But saying that, I still don't think I would have listened to my friend. So often there's not a lot that you can do apart from love and support your friend and not isolate her the way these toxic men in her life would probably like you to do so that they can have more control over her. Okay, on to the next question. How to move on from this filler episode of life? A filler's there for a reason. Sometimes a filler is there for a break, a little cheeky little respite, a nice little rest. If you want to relax, try and relax into the filler episode. Often when you're not being pushed, it's because you're supposed to grow into the space around you that you've been doing the pushing for for so long. Almost like the circumference of a tree growing into the grass around it. It's like you're finally filling out the space, right? That's what a filler episode is for. You're filling out the area instead of pushing the boundaries. You've pushed the boundaries and now you've got to grow into that new version. Try to view it like that instead. Okay, next question. Went on a hinge date and agreed on serious dating. He updated his profile between dates. Oh no! Is this a red flag? Yeah. If you've agreed, well, depends on your definition of serious. No, no, I'm not even going to play devil's advocate here. No, if I if I was dating someone and we agreed to date seriously, well, it depends. Have you agreed exclusivity? 
if I've agreed exclusivity with someone and then they updated their Hinge profile, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Casting your little net trying to find other dates, you know? No. Those dating apps, in my opinion, if you're exclusive, they should be paused or deleted off your phone. And sometimes people will just forget to pause or delete them off their phone because they're so involved in you and so interested in you. But I think it's definitely... definitely a red flag because he's still looking for people to date and if you've established exclusivity then that's not the one is it you deserve so much better than that (laughs) okay on to the next question how to deal with women who behave in a competitive way towards you or are intimidated try to see yourself in them and wish them the best think about all the times where you felt intimidated or insecure around women who emanated something that you wanted a quality you wanted to possess and how it made you feel connect to that feeling and ignore it like you, you don't need to make yourself smaller around this person who makes you who's intimidated by you that's often something that I have done I just like pretend that I'm not doing as well as I am because I know that envy will it will ensue a lot of envy and that makes me uncomfortable but yeah try not to dim yourself down and just have empathy for them and move on next question how do you know you're dressing for yourself and not for others Ask yourself if you would wear it if no one else was around. I asked this on my Instagram a while ago and everyone was like, but if no one was around, we'd all be naked. And that is true. We would all be fucking naked because that would be a glorious state to exist in. I think there's always going to... I've answered this question, I think, so many times on this um, Ask Floss before. There's always going to be an element of dressing for other people because you are dressing to be looked at, right? Like, it's dressing is one of the closest forms of communicating who we are without saying words so you are constantly communicating and clothes are communication so you are always going to be communicating something with your clothes and your outfits um I don't think there's any real way just do what makes you happy just do what makes you happy and if getting attention makes you happy and it's not at the detriment of your your actual self-esteem just dress and just dress yourself in clothes that make you happy and see what happens. Just dress with what makes you happy. Honestly, try not to think about it too much. Try not to get too existential about the way you're dressing. And sometimes the way, it's confusing when the way you dress and feel sexy is directly in line with men's desires, because then you're like, well, if a tight bodycon dress with my tits out makes me feel amazing, how can I extrapolate that from me enjoying it because of the attention I get in the dress? I completely understand it, but also if it makes you feel good, it makes you feel good. And unless it's at your detriment, where if you don't receive attention wearing it, you feel shit, then it's okay, isn't it? Maybe that's the answer to that question. How do you feel if you don't get the attention from men wearing the outfit? How does it make you feel? Do you still feel good? Then it's probably for you. Gonna end it there. Thank you so much for listening to Ask Floss. This is the end of season two and we won't be back for a little while, but you can always listen to the other episodes that we've recorded. If you're new here, if you've got a question that you've sent into me on Instagram, I've probably already answered it on this podcast, on the Ask Floss section. So make sure you check it out. It means the world to me that you're here and that you even want more of my fucking podcast. It's incredible. Thank you so much and I'll see you soon. Love you, bye.